Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Our theme for today is Where Evil Dwells. And before we go into that theme and explore that theme, uh, I just want to say that uh, Lucis Trust is very uh, generous today uh, because uh, Sarah and Dale are both giving you a gift. Uh, they're offering you a gift that we'll talk about later. I hope you stay with us when we speak more about that gift. And you're certainly welcome to just call us up and order it. In the meantime, what I like is is this thought from uh, the Great Invocation. It's uh, Great Invocation is what we say at the end of our show every time we have a show. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. And one of my questions, I remember when I first uh, became interested in uh, the works of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey, by the way, is the... Uh, founder of Lucis Trust, and all of the dialogue that we have on this show emanates from the 24 volumes of literature written by Alice Bailey. But when I first began to become interested in uh, the Alice Bailey books, uh, Lucis Trust, uh, this was a question that I had. I enjoyed the great invocation. I thought it was such a, a wonderful idea, and such a wonderful thought, goodwill thought for humanity. Uh, but one phrase perplexed me, and that was, that part of the uh, invocation says uh, that uh, that says may it seal the door where evil dwells, and so I'm going to ask you again: Where does evil dwell? I'm not sure. How's well, that if, you're not, if you're not sure of that, <laughs> what is the door that seals it? <laughs> well, evil is one of those terms that really um, elicits a lot of the opinions from people, and. Um, Although a lot of the lines in the Great Invocation are controversial because they make people think and think deeply, and that's good, I think the line about sealing the door where evil dwells is uh, one of the most um, questionable to people. We hear from a lot of people with their opinions on this, and uh, they like the Great Invocation, but they think we have it wrong because there is no such thing as evil, they tell us. I guess their point of view is that there's ignorance, there's... um, uh, weakness, uh, there's um, stubbornness, and so on and so forth, but not really evil in the world. And that's probably a reaction against the 
very powerful forces of uh, organized religion over the millennia that have taught us that uh, evil is real and a vital force and that it exists within human beings. And they're probably reacting against that that indoctrination that um, taught so many of us when we were small children that we are evil. But the door where evil dwells, you could say speaking generally, is um, that which seals... Um, the real, true, as uh, Alice Bailey would call it, cosmic evil away from our world. And there is supposedly that level or that state of evil that exists in the universe about which human beings can do nothing, apparently, and which we are protected from by spiritual beings greater than ourselves. But then there's the kind of garden variety evil that we see in the world today. And anybody who listens to the news uh, and watches their fellow men knows that there are many uh, expressions of evil in the world. And they generally are committed by human beings through the force of selfishness, hatreds, um, a sense of being disconnected from other people, ambition, the desire for power and cruelty, and it's those that uh, the Great Invocation is referring to. Yeah, in fact, it is those very attitudes that uh, exist and tendencies that still exist in human beings that uh, actually keep the door open uh, to, to evil because it is these tendencies that um, open us up for for this lower negative energy to enter in. And uh, the only way to seal that door is to uh, cultivate the opposite, which is types of spiritual values of uh, goodness and goodwill and sharing and cooperation and those kind of things and inclusiveness. And you mentioned... Um, one of the evils of separativeness, and this is perhaps one of the greatest evils. Yes, the big one. Yeah, one of the greatest evils that uh, uh, we can perpetrate upon our human beings, our fellow human beings, because it is said uh, in the Bailey writings that uh, evil is the gra- uh, separativeness is the greatest uh, sin against uh, the um, objectives of God. And uh, <clears throat> if you think why that is, then then you you gain some understanding of why why evil is this huge force. Well, yeah, maybe we should um, define a little bit more what we mean by separativeness. Mm-hmm. I think, as I understand it, it's that that sense of oneself that uh, makes one believe mistakenly that one is separate from and um, sealed off from other people. Now, there are ranges of separativeness. A lot of people have a sense of affiliation, affinity with their family, with what they call their group, their kind, their people, but they don't have that same sense of affinity and uh, affiliation and connection with all of humanity, and certainly not with those who are different than themselves, different in race or in religion or language or whatever. There's so many different um, outer characteristics that do 
designate uh, and distinguish people from one another, but that shouldn't be real barriers or real uh, walls of separation, but they are. Yeah, this is a very ancient uh, tendency that we've uh, carried with us for for thousands, millions of years, perhaps. You know, in the, in the whole long evolutionary trend of humanity, uh, and I think it even goes back just to to kind of broaden the question out a little bit. It it goes back to uh, the very time uh, when humanity first began to appear, and we worked our way out of the animal kingdom, and. Um, at that time, separation was a, a legitimate objective. And you're speaking about separation not in terms of uh, living in a different hut, but the sense of separation as being a distinct Yes, it's uh, right. It's uh, becoming, it, it was at that stage in our evolutionary history when to become separate from from the the species, the animal species, to become an individual, which meant becoming more separative in your in your outlook, and um, so this is a, a tendency that we have had for millions of years, and we're now just carrying, still carrying that uh, uh, tendency along with us, and it comes up, and it's there, buried deep within us, and it comes out at uh, um, times that, but it it's not a pleasant thing anymore, and this is it's it's one of those tendencies that has to be left behind. But I don't think it is when you look at the world. Um, you could we could define or give examples of separativeness. Um, one is nationalism, the sense that one's own nation, one's own um, so-called people, are uh, more important than the rest of the world. And I don't know if there's any nation that's completely free of that that sin, that wrong, to, to think of humanity in that way that your own nation matters more. Another one is uh, racism. That's a terrible evil in the world. The sense that uh, certain races are not of an equal level, not of um, uh, a value spiritually that is equal to your own race. Uh, the sense of superiority and inferiority by which we rank each other and ourselves is uh, all of those are examples of separativeness. Absolutely, and but I think we're, we've reached a stage in our evolutionary development where we have to move on and leave this behind. And it's the, as the soul, the human soul, begins to make more of an impact on our consciousness. Uh, this is gradually changing. Our values are changing into spiritual values, and we see that there is a, a different way of behaving and a more positive way of behaving, and that's the direction we should be going. Yeah, it's also very interesting that uh, so many of uh, mankind's uh, spiritual leaders have, uh, saw, have seen themselves in other people, and perhaps they were enlightened along that particular idea. Uh, it's almost become a cliche that money is the root of all evil. Is materialism evil? Well, to to um, <coughs> speak to that uh, misquote that you just made, actually the complete quote <coughs> is, the love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, I stand corrected. You're right. Yeah, sorry, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> money, uh, as a 
as a object does great good. Mm-hmm. It can do great good, but the love of money, meaning the craving of it and the desire to hold on to it and amass more of it for oneself, that's uh, a great evil, uh, as I think all of us don't need convincing uh, to believe. But is materialism evil? Well, yes and no. It's evil in, in the sense that if one believes that the material world and all that comes with it is all that matters and all that is real, then yes, that's uh, an expression of evil. But as we've talked before, there are two polarities to the world as we know it, that of matter and that of spirit. And the perfection of the world depends upon the spiritualizing of the matter aspect. In other words, bringing the impulse of divinity into the material realm and thereby redeeming the outer visible world. So materialism in the sense of the belief that it's all that there is, the matter realm is all that there is, yes, that's evil. Yes, and in fact, in one of the um, in the one of the Bailey writings, it's she says, "All is evil which drives a man or a woman deeper into materialism and which omits the higher values of living." So, it, materialism by itself, material by itself, is not necessarily evil, but it's the impulse that is inherent in materialism that holds the person, the man or the woman, in the material world. And that's where the evil part uh, enters in because it closes the door where the, uh, of the soul and it closes the way towards those higher spiritual values and one keeps one imprisoned in this material realm. And, that, and that's where the evil part comes in, too. Why, why is there a tendency to personify evil? I think it might have to do with the desire to um, uh, put it away from oneself. If you can personify it by um, saying that it exists within someone else, it keeps you from um, seeing it within yourself or within your own loved ones or within the people that you identify with. And we see this uh, on the world scene now in such horrible ways. When you look at, for example, the the, the terrible war that's been going on in the former Yugoslavia between the Serbian people and the um, uh, Bosnian people and between the Serbs and the Kosovars and so on. You see it in Indonesia between the Christian minority and the um, Muslim majority. You see it in the Sudan between the Muslims and the Christians. You see it in in Palestine, and now you see it again coming up again in Ireland. This tendency to say that evil exists within the other, and to not, by doing that, to not see that you also are a part of uh, whatever war or conflict is going on, that evil has an inlet whenever you separate yourself from someone else and when you deny their humanity. You don't have to agree with them, you don't even have to particularly like them, but if you cannot see their humanity, then you're you're personifying them as the the repository of evil, and uh, that's that's part of the cause of so much suffering and so much hatred in the world today. Yeah, I think it's also um, it's easier to understand a force like evil 
if you can personify it, and, and that's just what they've done with the devil and with Satan, uh, they put it in terms of a person, and they do this with God, and they personify God. It's a way of bringing down these forces and uh, these very potent forces in a way that uh, it's more easy to understand. And I don't know if that's uh, uh, good or bad, but it's it's just the human tendency to, to try to come to grips with a, a very powerful force. I think the um, psychologist Jung spoke to that in his theory of the shadow side, which is, I think, as I understand it, the projection of whatever one refuses to to claim or to recognize within oneself, whatever unredeemed qualities there are, tend to be projected onto someone else, and it's a shadow of what is actually, in fact, within yourself. And, uh, and so, <clears throat> let me understand you correctly. You're talking about the uh, shadow that Jung writes about as being perhaps a negative uh, or uh, or a shadow within us. Uh, reflected onto someone else. Yeah, perhaps things that we don't want to face within mm-hmm. ourselves. that instead of dealing with them, we project them onto other people. Yes, or whole other groups situations. of people yeah. do this. Yeah, individuals do it, whole groups of people, races and nations do it. They see something else, someone else as the problem and the source of evil, mm-hmm. and that way they cast it away from themselves. Well, then logic would dictate then the way to to interact with to deal with shadow is and to heal oneself perhaps is to face what is within and um, recognize it rather than to repress it and then project it onto mm-hmm. other groups or other people. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, and our topic today is where evil dwells. And here's that present from Lucis Trust uh, that Sarah and Dale were so generous to offer you. All you have to do is give us a call and order it. The present is uh, a booklet that we have. It's a very interesting booklet called um, Energy of Goodwill, The Energy of Goodwill. And all you have to do is give us a call, and we'll be happy to send it out to you. Uh, Our toll-free number is 1-866-695-8247. Once again, that's one 866-695-8247. An easy way to remember it, if you're on the road and hard to write it down, uh, is 1-866-NY-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. And not only can you order our free booklet from that number, but you're certainly welcome to order any of our books. The what is the title of the book that this discussion is? Uh, what, what would be the best of the 24 volumes, uh, Sarah, to uh, read? I think Ponder on This is one of them that I read uh, about. Ponder uh, on This would probably have uh, a good introduction to this subject, I think. Yes. Okay, good. So that's one of the books that perhaps if you want to explore further the topic that we're speaking about today, you can order the book Ponder on This. If you uh, Ponder on This and... Uh, if you order it directly from us and mention that you heard it on Inner Sight, you'll get a 10% book uh, discount on that book. And you'll also get a, uh, uh, a 10% discount if you order all 24 volumes. Uh, but that's only if you order it directly uh, from us. You're certainly welcome to purchase the books at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Amazon.com, or Borders. But you'll only get the 10% discount uh, if you order directly from us, and to order our books, cassette tapes uh, of the radio shows, or uh, or cassette tapes of any of our past shows, you're certainly welcome to do that as well by calling up our toll-free number, one ny lucis L-U-C-I-S. 
And remember that the work of Lucis Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary, voluntary donations. So we welcome your donations as a means of keeping us on the air. And we love to give you gifts, but if you'd like to keep on hearing us, that's the way we stay on. So um, another thought that I like from the works of Alice Bailey is, Today, good and evil stand out in clearer focus. Light and dark are in a more brilliant juxtaposition. Issues of right and wrong are appearing with clear definition, and humanity is seeing the problem of sin and separateness upon a world scale. Well, why do, in relation to that, why do good and evil, why do they stand out today in clearer focus? Why would that be so? I think that we're reaching... Um a point in human history where things are becoming highlighted. There's that uh, quotation um, from uh, scripture that says, uh, all things shall be shouted from the housetops. And uh, that certainly is true today. Uh, everything is coming to the surface that had probably before been present but hidden. Uh, there are a lot of human tendencies that were probably buried away that are now being talked about, brought out into the open, and it can give the appearance that there's more evil, more sin in the world than before, but it probably, in my opinion, is not the case. It's just that we're more aware of it. We have a, um, a society that's more and more educated. We have the tremendous growth of the Internet that brings information at um, lightning speed to people around the world. Media, television and radio and uh, so on keep people informed. So things are coming to the surface. That's one reason. Yeah, there's um, in fact, as the in a nice quote in one of the books on healing, and Alice Bailey writes, and in one place she says, "Perfection calls imperfection to the surface, and good drives evil from the form of man in time and space." Now, what that means is that, in fact, it's happening today. If, the, if there is more awareness of evil, it is because there is more good that is actually coming out as well. And uh, the two kind of balance each other, but it is the good that is lifting us up and we are drawing forth this um, evil that's still within us. And so perfection, the striving for perfection, draws the imperfection in us to the surface. I think um, some people, when they hear that, might think, oh, I don't agree with that, that there's more good today. But when you look at the growth of group effort, group service, the um, various coalitions of human beings that are coming together to solve uh, problems on a local level and all the way up to a world level, the response to... uh, groups of people when there's a disaster, how people come together and do everything they can to help them. Those are signs of the great good that uh, is becoming more and more organized. I think it's always been present in human beings, but it seems to be a more organized, Hmm. concerted cooperation. Yeah, good. um, The good that we do in in the millions and millions of daily lives um, doesn't make the headlines. We hear the the evil part that tends to make the headlines, but uh, all the good is there. But you know, we just perhaps are not aware of it so much. 
I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I remember many years ago when there was an earthquake in uh, some far-off place like China or India. It seems so remote, but uh, right now when anything disaster happens, there's a massive effort to collect and uh, send money over, and people go around collecting clothing to send over. Uh, I can even, I I agree with you, I can see the uh, change. Why did Jesus say, resist not evil? That's one of those controversial passages that some people say maybe wasn't uh, taken down quite correctly or translated from the Aramaic quite correctly, but I have a feeling it was. I don't know. Um, Resist not evil. In my opinion, what he was trying to say was that when you align your energies, uh, you are giving power to something. And if you... If you try to resist and fight evil, you're, you are, in a sense, strengthening it because it develops a, a, um, an opposing reaction. Whereas if you take your, your energy, the power that's within you, and you put it into what you believe is good, then you can say that you are working to strengthen the good in the world. And because of the nature of the structure of our, our known world, according to the Ageless Wisdom, Good is the is the the uh, destiny toward which our our planetary life is is um, oriented or evolving. It is evolving toward a greater good. We're told, and that's one of those statements that you either believe or don't believe. I happen to believe it. So when you align yourselves with the good, with the greater good of the larger group, you're working to combat evil without pitting yourself directly against it. Yeah, there are <clears throat> there are other ways of uh, handling evil, I think, and um, sometimes it's the best way is to work from the plane above where that evil is. If you try to meet it at its own level, you'll only add power and add strength to it. You'll give it your energy. But if you work from above, from a plane above, then uh, you're you're, uh, acting on evil in a more powerful way, in a a way that uh, doesn't harm. Why why does good sometimes seem to come out of evil? Well, there was that um, quotation from Alice Bailey that Dale mentioned a moment ago, perfection calls imperfection to the surface, good drives evil. Uh, away. Um, there's also, I think, the fact that good and evil form a kind of polarity and therefore a kind of wholeness or completeness in in the two sides. And um, if I understand that, it means that uh, evil can uh, contain within, within it the seed or the potential of something good when it is redeemed. Mm. And um, that's yeah, the best evil, I can do with that idea evil, at the moment. I mean, the materialism and uh, the material and the spiritual are actually one okay. and the same. They're, they're two opposite poles. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have the spiritual pole you know, in the form of spirit and uh, the material pole in the form of of the materialism, and they need each other actually. And if if the spirit wants to manifest, it must work through material uh, substance. Uh, but that and that's where the uh, evil tendencies come in. So, 
but there is good there because there is spirit working and light and love already in the substance and that's what's working out too there's another uh, passage from the Bible that might um, evoke some understanding. Paul, in I think it was Corinthians, said, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And again, it's a matter of where you choose to align your forces. But um, Alice Bailey told us to remember that we are a part of a greater whole and that by cultivating within us a sense of synthesis and wholeness and refusing all thoughts of separativeness, we can work against evil in a way that's truly effective. Well, I think that's important for everyone to hear. And uh, I would just like people to remember that the work of Elusive Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary donations. So once again, we welcome your donations as a means of keeping us on the air. And you're also welcome to call us up for the free booklet that we promised you. Just give us a call at 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of New York Lucis, L-U-C-I-S. And in closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action. It is the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There is a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?